The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome mystics, seekers, um, everyone with the desire to come up higher. This is The Open Door, and thank you for joining us. Um, we are part of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, I, I think it's safe to say, hi gentlemen, Hello. by the way, Hello. get ahead of myself here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's safe to say that one of our most common and consistent themes on this program is the practicality of the Ascended Master's teachings. And when we study these great teachings, the questions we always ask, who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These vital questions are clearly and completely answered. Now, one of the challenges, of course, is inserting and applying these teachings into everyday life. And one way we might translate these teachings into our daily routine is to see how and where they parallel modern life. In 1989, Stephen Covey published his now famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this was a successful effort to make life lessons and leadership principles accessible to a wide audience. And interestingly enough, these habits, as Stephen Covey outlined them, turn out to be very close to the Ascended Master's teachings on living and leadership. So today, and over the next several weeks, we plan to share these seven habits with you, with a very special bonus. Each habit will not only be described in detail, but each will also have insightful commentary from Elizabeth Clare Prophet to show how us to show us how these principles coincide with the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And I think we should probably begin with a couple of important points. One is that what we're talking about here today and over the next several weeks is leadership. And not just of others, but of ourselves, which is also, of course, we talk about mastery all the time. And two, the specific brand of leadership we will be discussing is principle-centered leadership. It isn't just about getting things done, but how we do it. The first principle in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits is be proactive. In other words, don't wait, initiate. And initiate based on a clear set of values with a commitment to honoring these values in everything we say and do. So having said all that, let's go into this first. Be proactive. Initiate. You, you know, I think. Good it, idea. It's interesting because sometimes spiritual people think that they should be passive. <laughs> yeah. And um, <clears throat> no, this, you know, we're charged to take dominion over the earth. So I think what is important about understanding the relationship between the master's teachings and, and the work of Stephen Covey is that, you know, the masters expect us to take advantage not only of their wisdom, but the wisdom of the world that, that's appropriate and right and to get things done. Because for the longest time, the light bearers on this planet have sort of not taken the lead. In other words, they've usurped their true role on this planet in terms of leadership. And, of course, you look at the political process 
and what it does to people. And that's why so many people, you know, just don't want to be a part of it. They yeah, don't want to pay, pay the price. Yeah. And yet, so what happens is the people that are willing to pay the price, as evidenced in the United States today, um, <laughs> you know, are not necessarily the ones that we would want to be our leaders. So that's why we have to raise up leadership and train them properly so they can assume their rightful place in society. Yeah, and, you know, one of the important points, you made it just a moment ago, is that leadership begins at home. You know, we must learn how to lead ourselves because we are in the process of self-mastery, going through initiations, so that whatever we want to have happen in the world, we must become that change that we seek, as I think Gandhi said. You know, yeah. for, for many years, um, in the early part of the United States, uh, it's people have said that its number one export was George Washington's character. <laughs> yeah. In other words, the world recognized who this person was and the integrity of his being. And, you know, giving up his, his sword and so forth at the end of the war. And that changed people's perception of America. One person. One person. Yeah. And, and in terms of that, that kind of leadership, that caliber may not come around very often. So we, we sometimes have to accept, or I don't want to say compromise, but we have to accept what we get. There's a part of that equation, which is we, we get what we deserve. deserve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, we're a part of that equation, in other words. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired to go out and buy this book by Stephen Covey now because having listened to uh, this lecture that Elizabeth Clare Prophet has given yep. from which we excerpt, uh, it's, it's, it's quite evident to me that the man was, was really tuned into Ascended Master Principles when he wrote this book. And yep. um, so, uh, you know, for, for our listeners, <laughs> hang in there for at least the next, uh, what have we got, four, five, five, we've got five, uh, I think five shows, shows we're going to yeah, do. Yeah. And, and it's just excellent material. Well, be able to take his writings and then pair them with the teachings of the masters right. gives a very unique perspective. Um, and, of course, this book has been popular ever since it came out. Yeah. I mean, it's never um, not been popular. Mm-hmm. No, it's been added to, but it hasn't been uh, really in, in, enlarged to me because they're pretty good points. Right, and, and when you talked about uh, not being not being passive and being proactive, uh, you know, Archangel Michael comes to mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. and this guy is not passive, no, and you know, and he takes he takes the sword of truth and he slays asunder. You know, the real from the unreal. Yeah. Well, let's go back a moment too. The, the, the point we want to make here is that the teachings that we espouse, the teachings that we practice, are practical. They're useful. They're not always exactly simple. But they're accessible in the sense that we can understand them. And when somebody else who is not necessarily part of our discipline comes to the same conclusions, you have to recognize the universality of these principles. And this is what we referred to at the beginning of the show, principle-centered leadership. And, and the big advantage of having these, these uh, principles is you should know how to act. In other words, if, you just, if every time something comes up, you have to think, what do I do now? You know, you've lost time and gone off in the wrong direction. But once you have reached the point, whether these are the seven or there's other ones that, that are true to you, then you have a roadmap, um, you know, right. to know how to respond because they're, they're consistent with who you are and what you believe. Yeah. And, you know, let's kind of look ahead five minutes here. You know, at the beginning of the next segment, we'll listen to an excerpt, which will start this whole series off. And the, the focus is on having clear values. Initiating, not waiting for something to happen, but actually taking the the bull by the horns, as it were, and moving forward actively, taking those steps that you know you need to take, and then holding on to your principles, as you said, Sid, with integrity. Well, it is because what happens is people. When do I when do I sort of do I give in on the little things, but take a stand on the big things? You know, and so it really is. You know, you have to have discernment to know what to do because otherwise, little by little, you compromise, you compromise, you compromise, <laughs> it's like erosion. 
yeah, and and then what have you left? You know, you're not who you who who you should be because you've compromised your personal integrity, which is a terrible crime against yourself. And I think El Moria was uh, was right on when he said compromise on the things that are not important and do not on those things that are. So he, he basically exactly what you just said. Yeah. Well, we recognize too that what we're talking about is a way of living. Right. Is not just having principles to espouse, but actually applying these in our daily base on a daily basis in all that we think, say, and do. Well, it has to be practical. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got to live for, you know, we got to get up in the morning, we got to have breakfast, we got to, you know, do our decrees, yep. and we got to go to a job, and we got to fill the gas tank in the car, and, you know, all these practical things. But you can do it by being God centered. Well, I mean, th- th- you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it and, is. And, you know, sometimes spiritual people think, they don't have to work as hard as those people in the world. And that's Ooh. just not true. Yeah. When you go to work for an employer, I mean, he doesn't care, you know, whether you're a Hindu, Buddhist, or, or whatever, a Christian, you know, he wants a job done, or she. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's your responsibility. The master said, you've got to give your employer what they what they deserve and what they need. And, you know, and, and what you do, even if they don't know you're following these teachings, will reflect on the teachings at an inner level. Yeah. And so you hold the standard not just for yourself, but for the Great White Brotherhood. And when you walk through life with clear values, and I go back to the example you gave before of George Washington, when you exhibit those values, when you live them, when you have basically taken them on as a, as a cloak, everybody else sees it. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about this numerous times where you think you see something of value in another person, and you go, you know, I want some of what she has. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something there that, that is infectious. It's inspiring. And so this idea here, this first habit of being proactive is taking the values that you hold dear and living them, being them, not just talking about them, but living on that level of initiation so that everything you do, every act, every thought. And, and you know, that's just spiritually there. true. A lot of people that's, that's wait for God. Correlation. People wait for God to do something. Yeah, exactly. You know, what are you going to do, God? I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm ready. I said I'll do your will. Well, you know, do something. <laughs> and, um, you know, of course, Mrs. Prophet gives the teaching, well, what's the will of God? It's the next most practical step that you can take to fulfill whatever your purposes are, you know, yep. or on the path or service to the to the brotherhood. So you don't have to get a letter from God to know what to do. Use common sense and take that next step. Well, as we said before, too, the will of God is good. You apply that good principle to whatever it is, you can tell the difference. If it isn't good, it isn't God's will. Yeah, and if you're sure, <laughs> you know, I my one of my favorites prayers is bl- God bless or block. Yep. Oh, you know, yeah. in other words, if this is the right direction, encourage me. If it's not, please stop me because I don't want to go you know, off to left field here. I've done enough of that in the past. And right there is a great example of initiation because you're initiating that decision-making process for your own benefit. That's enlightened self-interest, but it's going to have a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Others are going to see that. They're going to see your goodness. You know, when I think mm. of, when I think of being practical, uh, <laughs> Mark Prophet comes to mind. You know, he'll he'd he'd get somebody new on staff, for instance, that was a, a fruitarian. You know, and here they are, they're just floating around. You know, <laughs> yeah. and he'd take them out and serve them a steak. You know, and so you know, a lot of people would think, oh my gosh, you know, you shouldn't be eating animals and one thing and another. But he 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 did what he had to do right then to get that person grounded <laughs> again. <laughs> Can't you see him doing that? So he was practical. <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth Clare Prophet was practical. There were beautiful examples all through their lives. Well, it's not complicated. I think if yeah. we want to stress any of these points is that this is simple, useful, practical. It's not complicated. It doesn't require a lot of thought to understand the goodness of it. And, you know, you may said this, the, the, the D word, discernment. At some point, we have to discern 
when it isn't quite so easy to determine the right way to go. So you said, oh, God, help me to bless or block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you remember? He was an uh, army general from the uh, first war in, in Iraq. I don't remember. But anyway, I heard him speak once. Uh, sh- yeah. Right. And he Schwarz- gave... Schwarzkopf. 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 I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Yeah. The other guy was the governor of California, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Anyway, um, he said he was, when he was very young, he was put in charge of this whole thing and the commanding officer was leaving. He said, you know, I, I, don't, know do? what to, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. And the guy was leaving said, do the right thing. There you go. And you know, that's so interesting because if you look at situations, it's sometimes easy to see what the right thing is. It's like, do you, you know, if a guy gives you $10 back extra and change, do you tell him or not? You know, yeah. I need the $10. It's just a corporation. Well, what's the right thing to do? Then it becomes easy. Well, and then values step in because it's either it's easy to see, but not necessarily easy to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you have that little moment of decision there. Yeah. And well, we've already come up against a break. Amazing how fast this goes. When we come back, we'll begin to play for you excerpts from this lecture that Elizabeth Clare Prophet gave on Stephen Covey's Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. 
Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us and tuning in. Um, Today we're talking about Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People as seen through the lens of the Ascended Master's teachings. Now, throughout this program today and the next several that follow, we will be playing excerpts from an extended lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet in which she draws insightful parallels between the Ascended Master's teachings and Stephen Covey's work. Now, the first of the seven habits is be proactive, as we've kind of expanded on that in the first segment. And we're talking about having clear values, initiating, you know, don't wait, initiate. I think it's probably a good uh, little slogan there, a little bumper sticker. (laughs) And um, so, I mean, anyway, it's about being proactive in how you live, how you believe, how you make decisions. So without any further ado, here is excerpt number one. I'm going to give you now a summary of the seven habits of highly effective people with some comments. Stephen R. Covey is chairman of the Covey Leadership Center and the Nonprofit Institute for Principle-Centered Leadership. Principle-Centered Leadership. His firm teaches personal and organizational leadership development worldwide. All of us can benefit from a little more knowledge about leadership. Of course, the first person we have to lead is ourself. How do we lead ourself? And so these are the seven habits that he has formulated. The first habit, habit number one, is to be proactive. That's one word, proactive. What does it mean to be proactive? The first and most basic habit of highly effective people is proactivity. You initiate. This entails principles of personal vision. Proactive people have both the initiative and the response ability. They have the ability to respond, to challenge, to organize. They have the ability to choose their responses to make things happen. Either you choose your responses in life or someone else will choose them for you. Highly effective people are driven by carefully selected and internalized values. Carefully selected and internalized values. I think you should have a section of your journal where you list what are your most important values, how you intend to embody them, how you intend to live them. What are your values? If someone would ask you that now as I am asking you, what would your answer be? Would you fumble for words, speak of impracticalities and nebulous things, or could you give them a list of five points that you could say, these are my values, I stand by them, I live by them. Covey observes, until a person can say deeply and honestly, I am what I am today because of the choices I made yesterday, that person cannot say, I choose otherwise. Proactive people concentrate on the things that they can do something about, what Covey calls their circle of influence. This is such an important step. All of a sudden to say, 
all these things out here are out of my control. But I can work change where I am. I have influence here. I can make my voice count. I can work change. I can help people to understand that they have better options, that there are opportunities, and that they are within our reach and our grasp. So the approach is to change from the inside out, to be different, and by being different, to affect positive change in what's out there. Change within and affect what's outside. People who have this focus on building character. They know what they mean by character. They are self-observant. And they know what kind of behavior and thoughts and feelings are without character. And so they work to eliminate the negatives and build strong character that can then withstand the opposition to their great goals in life. Honoring the commitments we make to ourselves and others is the essence and clearest manifestation of our proactivity. When I promise myself I will do something and then I don't do it because I let other people take my time or interrupt my gait and where I'm going, I feel terrible. I feel terrible about myself that I decided to do something but I didn't do it. And if I allow that to repeat, if I get a momentum on deciding to do something and then letting others take my time and space, pretty soon I'm building a momentum where I'm starting not to believe in myself, not to believe in my ability to do what I say I will do. If I can't do what I promise myself, how can I do what I promise others? Through self-awareness and conscience, we become conscious of areas of weakness and areas of talent that can be developed. Then we use imagination, that eye magic of the all-seeing eye of God, that third eye chakra. We use the imagination. How do you crank up your imagination? You literally have to pull the switch, turn on your third eye, and look through it as though you're looking through a vast telescope or a microscope or a window upon the world. You think of your third eye as a screen in which you can see anything anywhere, but on which most especially you can create, just like you might create on your Macintosh computer. You create by your vision. That is what is called imagination, or what Mark Prophet called eye magic. Seeing is believing, and believing is becoming what you see. So we use imagination and independent will to act on that awareness by making promises, setting goals, and being true to them. Part of the very first habit of being proactive is therefore being true to ourselves so that we will not be false to any man. Until we come forward with that strength, that very firstness in our life of being true to ourselves, we cannot be true to anyone else. We have to know we can count on our being true to ourselves, then we will have the confidence to lead. This builds our integrity, 
makes us aware of our self-control and gives us the courage and strength to accept more of the responsibility for our own lives. Because it is now becoming repetitive, we're building a strong momentum. I was able to do that. Now I know I can do this. Why I've done this many times, so I can commit to doing it again. The habit of success breeds confidence, and success is being true to yourself. As we create strength of character, it moves us in a balanced way toward greater effectiveness. We know when we are effective, and we know when we are not effective. And we don't feel good about ourselves when we are not effective in precipitating our goals, our aspirations, in being successful in business, and being able to follow through on a committee assignment in a club that we belong to, and doing it right and making it be practical. Yeah, now I think that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of points that we could cover. We've got a few minutes. Um, strength of character builds confidence, which in turn makes us more effective and successful. And that's basically a formula for mastery. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, there's a couple that struck me. Uh, perhaps they did you too. The one of them was seeing is believing, and believing is becoming what you see. Hmm. That's a remarkable statement. Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what I liked was the comment where he said you have to take responsible uh, responsibility for who you are and right now that you've done that. <laughs> and, of course, that's the whole understanding of karma on reincarnation. We, you know, you look in a mirror. This is what, this is what you've created. And um, so it's the same way of taking that accountability for who you are. And if you want to change it, you're the one that's got to do something about it. Well, I think early on in that excerpt, she said, I am what I am by virtue of my choices. Yeah. You know, and so the consequence of choice, obviously, is karma. You know, uh, something that came to my mind uh, was uh, stopping at a stop sign. I see a lot of people blow through a stop sign. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, I try to do what is the right thing. Stop says stop. And, and I know that there's a ripple effect. Um, if I do that, at some level, uh, other people are picking up on that. Yeah. And not only do I, I help myself by you know, trying to live by the letter of the law, it will affect others. I don't have to tell other people. I don't have to recognize a car and then talk to them later. I just have to, you just have to try to do the right thing. Well, well it is because people look for justification for their own behavior. And if they see someone else doing it, well, if they're doing it, it must be all right, must, or I won't be criticized if I do it. Must right. be okay. And that's, that's called, isn't that situational ethics? Is that what it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that is, you know? Yeah. And, and that, you can't live like that. Or if you live like that, you, you're not going to have any standards in your life because well, they're too flexible. And, and when you make that commitment to those principles, you have to honor them. Because I think she also said, if you don't honor your commitments to yourself, how can you honor your commitments to other people? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And there's one other point, too. Um, we, we have to count on ourselves to be true to ourselves. You know, that's kind of the habits that we build mm-hmm. are we continue to make sure that we are honoring what we know to be true in our lives, honoring the stop sign, mm-hmm. honoring goodness, and uh, you know, honoring our principles, and expecting people to be on time. So if you're not <laughs> on, if you're not on time, how can you expect anybody else? You know, I think that even goes to how <clears throat> you interact with the ascended masters, because what happens a lot of times, people when they get on this path, they will make, shall we say, grandiose promises to God and the ascended masters mm-hmm. of what they're going to do, and they're not very practical. <laughs> so you only want to, you know, the old phrase, you know, under promise and over deliver. And that's true in terms of your own life and, and where you work and so forth. 
but it's also true of the spiritual path. In other words, don't commit to something you can't do, and yet don't be afraid to commit to something that you know you can do if you work hard at it. Well, and here we come back to the the point of the show is that we're building habit. Yeah. And this is a habit that we, it becomes part of us after a point so that we can depend on ourselves to be true to ourselves because our values are, we're living them. And, and I think too, what happens is people in general, the light bearers on this planet get under a certain weight of condemnation. I mean, look at the basis of Christianity. Yeah. You know, you're a worthless sinner. Well, if you start out that as a premise, you know, <laughs> oh, how do you my. build yourself up to where I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be proactive in God and I'm just as, you know, ability, my ability to lead is just as good as anyone else's, and I'm going to step forward and take the risks associated with that because I believe in what I'm doing, and they're part of my principles. Well, in terms of believing what we're doing, um, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll listen to another excerpt, which is basically part two of the one we just listened to a moment ago. And we'll bring this kind of home into the uh, Ascended Master's realm, if you will. So we'll be back in a few moments. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us on The Open Door today and for the next several weeks. 
We're going to be talking about the seven habits of highly effective people as seen through the lens of the Ascended Masters. Now, one of the questions that came up in the last segment was, how effective are we as disciples of our beliefs? We said uh, seeing is believing and believing is becoming what you see. Well, along with that is how consistent are we demonstrating our values, our principles? So, without any further ado, let's listen to the second half of the excerpt we began in the previous segment from Elizabeth Clare Prophet talking about this very point. We don't want to be ineffective chilas of the Ascended Masters. We don't want to be ineffective disciples of Jesus Christ. We take our vows in answer to His calls. But he gives us the wide freedom to determine how we will fulfill those calls that we have now agreed to embody. Working out the plan, the business plan of our responsibilities to life, whether they're spiritual or very physical, working out the plan is the most difficult part of the whole thing. Covey cites the proactivist. In Judeo-Christian tradition, Joseph, the son of Jacob and Rachel, and the father of Ephraim and Manasseh. Covey relates the story that you all know. Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers at the age of 17. It would have been easy for him to languish in self-pity as a servant of Potiphar, to focus on the weaknesses of his brothers and his captors, and on everything that he didn't have. But Joseph was proactive. He worked on himself, on what he could be, and within a short period of time he was running Potiphar's household. He was in charge of all that Potiphar had because the trust was so high. He had established trust in his God, trust in himself, and therefore his superior trusted him. You will find that when you trust yourself, other people will catch on and trust you too. Being trustworthy and being known for being trustworthy is a great asset. Then the day came when Joseph was caught in a difficult situation. He refused to compromise his integrity. As a result of a false accusation by his master's wife, he was unjustly imprisoned for 13 years. Did he complain? Did he weep? Did he wail? Did he shake his fist at his God? How would you feel if you were imprisoned unjustly for 13 years? Take a slice out of your life right now of 13 years. Would you recover if during all that period your treatment had been unjust? But he was proactive. He didn't dwell on the injustice of the matter. He worked on his circle of influence, on being instead of having. And soon he was running the prison, and eventually the entire nation of Egypt, second only in command to Pharaoh. Covey says, I know this idea is a dramatic paradigm shift for many people. It's so much easier to blame other people, to blame your conditioning, to blame conditions for your stagnant situation. But we are responsible we are response-able. We are capable of responding if we want to. And the fire of that will is the withdrawn sling, ready to let go of that full force of our determination. That is where we stand 
as chilas of the Lord of the first ray. We are able to respond, we are able to control our lives and to powerfully influence our circumstances by working on be, our being, our beingness, what we are, who we are. That is where we have to begin. Only we can define our identity. God has defined our identity first, we must define it second. And if we are smart, we will second his motion and become what he intended us to be. Covey says, if I have a problem in my marriage, what do I really gain by continually confessing my wife's sins to her and everyone else? By saying I'm not responsible, I make myself a powerless victim. I immobilize myself in a negative situation. I also diminish my ability to influence her. My nagging, accusing, critical attitude only makes her feel validated in her own weakness. My criticism is worse than the conduct I want to correct. How many times have I heard Sheila's on the path tell me that they were justified in getting angry, justified in criticizing, condemning, and judging because the situation and the actions of a certain person warranted it. That means you can become now the arbiter and decide when it is and is not appropriate to condemn and criticize and judge. And whatever is the limits to your tolerance of other people's actions, you will decide when you can let that fuse go off. So you see, there really is never an occasion when criticism, condemnation, and judgment is ever justified. Constructive suggestion, where it is asked for, fine. But the greatest response to any behavior is always the good example the wise example, the listening example, the teacher. My ability to positively impact the situation withers and dies. If I really want to improve my situation, I can work on the one thing over which I have control, and that is myself. I can stop trying to shape up my wife and work on my own weaknesses. I can focus on being a great marriage partner, a source of unconditional love and support. Hopefully, my wife will feel the power of a proactive example and respond in kind. But whether she does or she doesn't, the most positive way I can influence my situation is to work on myself, on my being, on my being who I am expanding and unfolding the flower of my potential and then using it to support others in the same process. There are so many ways to work in the circle of influence, to be a better listener. Can't we all be better listeners? So often you see when you are talking to someone, they are not really listening. They're just waiting for you to stop so that they can tell you what they want you to hear to be a more loving marriage partner. To be a more loving marriage partner is to remember that as the years go by, we still must nourish the flame of love and of caring and doing little things for one another, nurturing, bringing joy and happiness, 
especially when people are serving together in the tensions of a high-powered career, a lifetime assignment, a full-time job, disseminating the teachings of the Ascended Masters, a more loving marriage partner, to be a better student, to be a more cooperative and dedicated employee. Sometimes the most proactive thing that we can do is to be happy and just to genuinely smile. Happiness, like unhappiness, is a proactive choice. There are things like the weather that our circle of influence will never include. But as proactive people, we can carry out our own physical or social weather with us. We can be happy and accept those things that at present we can't control while we focus our efforts on the things that we can. It is almost a relief to the psyche to accept the inevitable that there are a multitude of things in this world over which we have no control. And then to remember that God has control over all of them and that through intercessory prayer we can call upon him to take control and command of those things over which we have no control. So there is a vector here of the line being drawn to God and then the line coming down again to that place on earth where we have directed prayer. We put the matter in God's control and then we see action and we are happy to have been his partner in the results. Habit one, be proactive. Take initiative, take action, and take it with thought. It's a good summary. Be proactive, take the initiative, and take thoughtful action. You know, I'm struck, uh, as I usually am, by so many of these wise, insightful comments that she makes. Um, we should be in the process of working out the business plan of our aspirations. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool. I know. I like the way she phrased that. I do, too. Yeah. Trust breeds trust was another one I made a comment a note on. We should work on being instead of having. I oh, just, you know, there's, yeah. there's it's amazing. You know, I, when I first got on the path long time ago, <laughs> the Ascended <laughs> Masters, you know, I mean, I didn't know whether I could, I mean, the Masters t- <clears throat> teach you can make your ascension in this life if you do certain things and do your divine plan and so forth. That was my goal. I didn't know whether I was going to be able to do it or not. You know, I didn't know how long I was going to live and so on and so forth. But I, I made a promise to myself, and that promise was whether I make it or not, if I don't make it, it won't be because I didn't try. Yeah. And so that's been the principle that's kept me going um, for more years than uh, I'd <laughs> well, like to count right now. So, you know, that's where having these these standards and, and these, um, y- you know, ways we live, the standards we operate on, they're valuable. They're oh. valuable to your soul and they're valuable to your spiritual path, if well, they're the right ones, obviously. Well, and when we wear our values and when we act through those values, then we become the good example that Mrs. Prophet said is the best response in all situations. Exactly. There's no criticism. It's right. just, it's, it's an example that will show them perhaps that what they're doing may not be the, exactly the best way. Indeed. Well, on that note, let's take a break. Be back for another segment. Uh, we're talking today about Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People Through the Lens of the Ascended Master's Teaching. So please stay with us. We'll be right back.
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, thank you for, for joining us, for staying with us. Uh, we're talking today about the seven habits of highly effective people, as formulated by Stephen Covey in 1989. And we're listening to, among other things, lecture excerpts from Elizabeth Clare Prophet, where she ties these concepts, these habits together with the Santa Master's teachings. Now, um, did either of you remember the prayer of St. Francis? No. I, I couldn't quote it. No. It's, isn't I could it? sing it if you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that, I tre- hear. Now, this show will become, well, isn't it, you know, Lord grant me the grace to change the things I can change, to know, you know, to not try to change the ones I can change right, and know exactly. the difference? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I think this being proactive and these habits kind of uh, elucidates for us is we always have the choice of being a victim or a victor. And being a victor where you initiate, where you are in the active pursuit of mastery is much better than being the subject of the whims and the whimsical nature of fate and you know what other people think, anything like that. And, and I think that relates, you can look in history and see people that have subject, have had huge betrayals in their life or unjustly imprisoned, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things. And how did they react? Some shook their fist at God and at others and so forth. But the the ones that emerged victorious were the ones, as you suggest, didn't view themselves as victims, but as as victors. What a great example. You know, Francis Bacon, who actually should have been the king of England. Right. You know, if if his true lineage was recognized, he was shut out of that. Well, all he did was write the Shakespeare play, so I guess, you know, you consider (laughs) him a victor. Make good use of his time. Yeah. You know, another example is this man that just passed away yesterday. He was, uh, he survived the Bataan March, you know, during the Second World War. And uh, he just made the best of every day. He was an artist and he, you know, he became friendly with, uh, you know, it was one day at a time, almost like the 12-step program. And he, it was, every day was positive. Well, you know, I, I. This is perhaps an extreme example, but I'm I'm working on something right now. And there's uh, some of you may have heard of a a, a minister by the name of Richard Rumbrandt. He's yes. passed away now. Oh yeah. But he had an organization called Jesus to the Communist World, and he was imprisoned for 14 years by the communists in mm-hmm. Romania, right. including three years in solitary confinement. And 
you know, what did he do? And if you look at what happened to him by the end of his confinement, he turned that into an unbelievable victory. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't just, you know, I'm going to be victorious today. He went through everything, but he was determined. And he couldn't have done it unless he had the spiritual strength. It changed everything. And so no matter what your situation, you can emerge victorious. And one example of that is enough to inspire millions. Exactly. You know, so there's a lot at stake maybe for the choices that you make. Well, you know, the idea of being in control is not necessarily the, the, the answer here because somebody can be imprisoned and that's totally out of their control. But I remember somebody once saying, if you don't like what's going on, change your mind. This is about attitude. This yeah. is about what you can do within the confines of a solitary cell even that will keep you up or put you down. Yeah. And, and I love the example that Stephen Covey gave about husbands and wives, you know, because, you know, and the, the waiting, till, waiting till the wife gets done so you can say, oh, yeah, well, you know, and that's a trap a lot of us fall into, you know, with other people. And what a liberation not to have to do that. Well, you can continue to harp on those things that you don't like, or you can be the example and take the goodness course and move away from that and say, here's how I want this to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just, we're, yeah. we're powerful. Yeah. And, you know, it's it kind of along with that is, you know, listening. And uh, well, listening is something I could address in one of the later uh, habits to a certain extent. But listening doesn't have to be passive. You can listen and shut it out, you know, so you don't mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah. But if you're an actively engaged in listening, that is not passive. That's proactive. Do yeah. I really understand what you're saying, you know, and hearing what they're saying and so forth? Yeah, and so, you have to say to yourself, what, what can I learn from what they're saying right now, you know? Well, you've got to be willing to, to be on a test outcome and get off your position. Right. And that's hard for people to do. When you think you're right, boy, it's, you know, I'm right. Yeah. I can't wait till they quit so I can tell them what <laughs> Yeah. What you're, not, think. you're not responding to them. You're, you're formulating your next comment. Right. Yeah. 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 Active listening is a good thing. Yeah. So, well, you know, Terry, would you mind, um, we've been talking about the seven habits of highly effective people, and today we're talking about number one, which is be proactive. You know, don't wait, initiate, have clear values, and act on them. Would you mind just kind of going through very briefly the seven habits so we have a kind of a frame of reference? We'll be coming back to these again and again so you don't have to take notes. Okay, well, uh, uh, habit number one, be proactive. Don't wait, initiate, clear values. Mm -hmm. Number two, begin with the end in mind. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Yeah, right. I've heard you say that. Yeah, many times. Number three, put first things first. What can you do now to make a difference? Number four, win, win. Mm-hmm. Always seek mutual benefit. Number five, seek first to understand. First, diagnose, then prescribe, not the other way around. Don't try to be understood before trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Number six, synergize. Creative cooperation, be open to new ideas, directions, possibilities. Mm-hmm. And number seven, sharpen the saw. Mm-hmm. Balanced self-renewal. These are good. These are good. (laughs) These are powerful. These have withstood the test of time, I think. So anyway, today, obviously, we're focused on be proactive. And we listened to um, some very, again, insightful commentary about how we can do this in our lives to be the good example. You know, again, the the good example is probably the best response in all situations. And how important it is to be working on the business plan of our own aspirations. And in our case, this goes back to our famous four questions. You know, who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These habits will help you get there. Mm -hmm. They'll help you know who you are. They'll help you know why you're here. 
these are very important. And, and you know, they're interrelated, obviously. They build on each other. For example, <clears throat> begin with the end in mind. Um, if you're working, if your goal is to make your ascension this life, okay, what do you need to do to mm-hmm. do that? You know, and God knows, and you think you may know, and God will tell you the things you don't <laughs> know or what you need to do. But you can see how they work together. So you establish a basis and a foundation. And of course, I, I'll take it back even to, you know, Jesus, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, you have cornerstones or that, that you're, you're building your life on. And I don't care if you're 18 or 80, you know, it's not too late to start on these things and to bring yourself into alignment with those things which you value. I think the greatest pain for a soul is on their deathbed when they realized, you know, they didn't lead the life they wanted to leave and I live. And I'm not talking about outer conditions. I'm talking about how they lived mm-hmm. and what they did. And were they true to their standards? Did they compromise? Doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But you get up again, go back to your values, say, this is the one I didn't live up to. Now I'm going to going forward. So I think this is key for people in the world, and it's key for people on the spiritual path, the practicality of it. And, you know, you just don't make your ascension by waving your hand. (laughs) You know, it it takes work, it takes effort, it takes planning, it takes applying principles, everything um, that you do in the world. And I love the comment in there on Mrs. Prophet's lecture was, you know, we're given direction, but then we're given a wide scope about how we do it. You know, we can be co-creators with God. We don't have to have God tell us we're not robots, thank goodness. And so we have to get creative how we're going to do something. And we have to believe that there's a solution for whatever is out there. And you read the people that have accomplished great things in their lives, and they've gone beyond, you know, what the norm was in terms of of finding solutions. And, and, you know, when you think about putting the, you know, like the ascension as the goal – and then here you are, and all you have to do now is really just take up the space between where you are and and where you're going. Yeah, and, it, and people people in life do that all the time. I mean, if a young child wants to become a a famous violin player, well, then they begin they begin to take up the uh, the steps that'll lead them there. Well, and I think what is the difference, Terry? What people have to carry up? Oh yeah, my goal is the ascension in this life. Well, you know, what am I doing about it? Yeah. You know, that's a great yeah. goal. I mean, no one's gonna. Say that's a bad goal. But in other words, having the goal is only the first step. Well, and I think we have to empower ourselves to achieve the steps that we see. And I know one of the, the um, tenets of this, and this is one of the teachings that the, the masters talk about again and again, is the power of, vi- of visualization. You know, one of the comments was made in the first excerpt about seeing is believing and believing is becoming what we see. There is a certain power behind the visualization of we see something that we want to achieve, we actively pursue it on any level that we can. And so we use these, you know, we use the teachings, we use the tools, the decrees, the visualization, eye magic. Eye magic. Just, I mean, just make sure that what you're visualizing is really what you want at the inner core of your being and not just some outer artifact because well, and, like that say, becomes very unsatisfying. Yeah, and you don't just, like you say, you don't wave your arm and expect to have it happen. Yeah. I mean, it takes us, you know, great performances don't just happen. Yeah. We work toward the goal. That's the business plan of our aspirations. The business plan. I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done it again. We have. We've, we've just zipped through. We've just made an hour feel like six minutes. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. So, Terry, how can they get in touch with us? Well, we like for them to get in touch with us by contacting us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And is there anything you guys want to leave with our audience before we uh, – Sign off? 
I, I'm just going to go out and try and buy that book before everybody else gets it. <laughs> Is this the time I should sing the prayer of St. Francis? Oh, please. <laughs> yes, that, that's it. <laughs> Ten, nine, <laughs> eight. Nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, thank you both. I mean, this is it, it's a wonderful practice for us to see how this can be brought into, into, into modern life, into everyday life, by being good. And it's combining spirituality with practicality. Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, we often say the upper path may be difficult from time to time. <laughs> the rewards are always out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.